Thank you for downloading the Bungla Cricket Podcast. I'm Roshan. We're taking some time out to talk to friends of the podcast and fans of cricket about cricket and them and how Bangladesh cricket has been part of their lives. And I am delighted to be joined by comedian and presenter Ishan Akbar. Thank you so much for coming on, man. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be doing this. I, I first realised that you had a passion for cricket on Twitter. You have potentially split allegiances because your dad's of a Pakistani heritage and your mum's of a Bangladeshi heritage, right? Yeah. Would I be right in thinking that maybe Pakistan had a head start because of the non-existence of Bangladesh on the world stage early on? It did have a head start, partly because of the non-existence of Bangladesh as a cricketing nation early on, but also because my dad played cricket for the Pakistan under-19 side. No way, that's amazing. So my dad was a pace bowler um, who played across schoolboy level, international level, got up to under-19s. And uh, when he moved, to, in fact, his, his neighbours, like directly across the road, are the makers of the CA Bats. That's incredible. So I grew up with cricket bats and balls in my house because my dad was always playing. And when he was in England, uh, you know, you know what it's like. You get married and the circumstances and all sorts of things happen. And he kind of stopped playing at that higher level. But he played at a local level. So he played for a team in Newham, which is in East London, called Capricorn. And he has a record, which still stands to this day, nine wickets for eight runs. He was just obliterated this side. Then he got picked for an Essex trial. Uh, as one of their overseas players, but his sister-in-law forbade him from doing it because he needed to work because uh, they were in England at the time. So cricket has been central to my life from that day. So literally day dot then? Day day dot. I knew my dad played cricket. It's all he would ever talk about. And so I grew up with that interest and I'd watch Pakistan a lot. My earliest cricket memory of watching Pakistan is, is the 1992 World Cup. What an era to be to, to be introduced into Pakistani cricket. You must have thought, this is great, glory days forever. Yeah, I was eight years old. I was like, this is amazing. Um, and so Pakistan cricket was always always central to uh, kind of my sporting knowledge about cricket. And then when I went to Bangladesh, my main cricket memory was actually the Sri Lanka side, captained by Ranatunga. And so I remember watching a Sri Lanka-Australia game in Bangladesh. And that's when my dad actually played a bit of cricket in Bangladesh. Uh, so he played cricket there. So I'd seen my dad play cricket in Bangladesh, in Pakistan and in England. That's incredible. Uh, what, what, what an introduction. That's almost, I would say, a kind of dream introduction to cricket for probably most cricket fans. Like, how do you get to cricket on my dad's international level? Yeah. That's literally amazing. Yeah. How old were you when you when you picked up a bat then? Was that, was that ingrained in you early on? Or was that kind of... I picked up a bat when I was nine, but I was much better with the ball. Uh, because my dad was a bowler, so well he was a he was a bowling all rounder. He was a number seven batsman. I'd say just he'd come out and try and slog it, but Lance Clues and arrest. But um, the ball was the first thing I handled of any kind of cricket equipment, and my dad was very quick to show me how to hold a seam properly and how to you know I'd hold my any ball you gave me, whether it was a tennis ball, cricket ball, whatever was small enough. I always had my thumb and two fingers on it. That's, I love I love that kind of default. There was that thing that that they used to do at school where they'd like go right pick up the ball and that's how you'd have to bowl it. I don't know if you ever did that where like, but I, I think I started to do that like similarly with like oranges and apples and just like two fingers on one side, thumb on the other side. It's like, it'd be like, it's like, Rochelle, why are you biting an apple like that? So I can't help it. That's just how I hold it. Yeah. I can't help it. Yeah. So that was the first thing I held. I can't bat. 
I can't bat at all. I, I'm the opposite. I can't bowl. Like, for someone who does a cricket podcast, you'd expect me to be semi-decent at both, or credible at least, but the number of balls that ended up on the top of, of my school cricket nets, and then sort of friends having to use their bats to sort of jostle them off. Was that because you were, were you a leg spinner? Because that happened a lot to leg spinners. Well, here's the thing. I, I, I decided I was going to be a spinner because I couldn't be bothered with a run-up. Like, that would tie me out. Okay, so I was like, right, a four or five-step run-up, done. Um, but I, I basically had no control over when the ball was coming out of my hands. Absolutely terrible. All right with a bat, but with the ball, absolutely terrible. So the complete opposite. I can't. I can't bat. I mean, you'd think that I have. I used to be a Bollywood dance choreographer, so you'd think I'd have good footwork. <laughs> when it came to batting, my footwork was all over the place. I just tried to get the bat on the ball wherever it was and not move my feet at all. So it's very easy to get me out. <laughs> and like, so Pakistan had the head start. Your dad was was sort of you know. The kind of I guess, I guess the kind of gateway into into the world of Pakistani cricket. Um, so what happened in nineteen ninety nine when Bangladesh suddenly crept up at their first World Cup and beat Pakistan in that? Was that a difficult day in the household? It's, it was great. One thing I will say about my dad is he, of course, he's fervently Pakistan, but he he's one of those people who absolutely adores cricket. And when because he spent so much time in Bangladesh playing and uh, living there for a bit. When Bangladesh started coming up, my dad got very interested in Bangladesh cricket. And he was like, you know, they're the underdogs. I'd really love to see what they can pull off. Um, he was a big fan of Mohammed Rafiq. Oh, I love Mohammed Rafiq. Honestly, one of the most legendary spinners. I actually, I actually missed him when he retired. I saw an amazing documentary. Was it a documentary? It was something, a BBC something, where they were following Rafiq to training. And, you know, he was taking two boats. He lived in a very, very modest kind of hut. Mm. And he was playing international cricket with a plum. It was just, like, great. Um, so him and Akram Khan were my two first kind of Bangladeshi faves, I'd say. Yeah, two two legendaries. I mean, like, like Mohamed Rafiq, like, I'll always remember him. I think it was the 2007 World Cup where he would rattle through and over in about 15 seconds yeah, because yeah. it would be defence bowl, defence bowl, defence bowl. And actually, the, the last I heard of him was I read an article where they caught up with him like years after retirement. And in his amazing house in Bangladesh, because obviously quite wealthy cricketer, at the back he'd built a, a, a kind of tin part of the house that re- that was reminiscent of the house he grew up in as a child. Wow! To stay to stay in touch with his sort of his roots and the kind of humility of it. And it was such a wonderful, wonderful, touching moment. That is amazing. And Akram Khan, for me, was the kind of first big hero of, of Bangladesh. He could have yeah. been a big uncle figure, you know, the kind of the big burly character. I think I basically have a great deal of affection for overweight cricketers. I think, so my favourite cricketer of all time is Jack Callis. I love Jack Callis, right? Because the guy was overweight, but when it comes to batting or bowling, he'll be in the top 10 of all lists forever statistically one of the best and it was just so akram khan ranatunga uh these big boys uh i, I love them because it gives people like me hope i'm like look i'm the same i'm the same because when i told my dad i was going to try for the school cricket team he was like is there much running about because i was obviously like a short little <laughs> fat pottery kid but they, i was like no you don't you don't, don't need to be don't need to be fit dad just you know so i'm the same i get that completely i get that so in 1999 when Bangladesh beat pakistan my dad was it was weird. He was embarrassed. He was like, and then immediately he was like, Pakistan through that. I reckon there's a bet going on somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> like like most of, most of South Asia thought that. Yeah, like, yeah, that like, something's match. happened. Someone's made a lot of money from that transaction. But he was very enthused by the prospect of Bangladeshi cricket getting to where it got to. Uh, in fact, I don't think anyone screamed as loudly, and this is what's interesting, 
as when Bangladesh beat India in the under-19 World Cup final. <laughs> my dad was screaming the roof off. He was so pleased. He was like, Bangladesh is in the bath. I was like, Dad, you're a Pakistani. What's <laughs> so, like, So Bangladesh come on the scene. And for you, was, was, was it just an equal affection similar to the way you'd grown up in the household and gone, actually, I've got allegiance to these two sides and I love having these two sides. Did you ever feel like a pressure to go, well, no, here's the team I support and everyone else falls by the wayside? No, I never did. I think my support for Bangladesh was a little bit more, I guess a bit more intense because they were the underdog. So I was a bit more like, you know, I really I'm willing them to win as underdogs, you know, the same way I might support, you know, Kenya against England. I'd be like, come on, Kenya, show, show them what you've got. So I, yeah, I think that there was that duality. But over time, I think I feel so lucky that I can basically support Bangladesh, Pakistan and England whenever they're doing well. And if they're doing badly, I can be like, well, nah, I support someone else, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to have a backup option, isn't yeah, it? always good to have a backup option. Well, it, it's, it's fascinating because a, like, a lot of people I speak to when they, they speak about Bangladesh and cricket um, are very honest about saying they probably got, only got into cricket as much as they did because Bangladesh had a cricket team and, and having that Bangladesh cricket team helped them feel like they were in touch with a big part of Bangladeshi culture. I'm pretty guilty of that too. I'm probably more into Bangladesh cricket than my parents are into Bangladeshi film or TV or music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so you were obviously already into cricket, but did you feel in some way that helped connect into some other elements of like Bangladeshi culture? That's a very good question. I think my case was slightly different in the sense that I had a very deeply cultural upbringing. So I was really connected to everything to do with Bangladesh. And when they started playing cricket at an international level, suddenly I was like, oh, you know, they're, they're part of this wider international community in a way they'd never been before. And it was just a source of great pride for me. And to be honest, I probably follow Bangladesh cricket less because in so many other aspects, I'm so well connected. Hmm. Whereas I think had i not been then i can absolutely see myself being really invested in bangladeshi cricket uh on balance i'm probably here's what i'm probably more uh invested in what pakistan are up to throughout the year yeah kind of the ins and outs of the pcb and all this kind of stuff rather than i am with bangladesh cricket but when bangladesh is playing a test series or one then i'm i'm in then you're absolutely across it yeah do you have any kind of favorite memories or matches that you sort of remember uh, or recall like going back through the years that you like sort of iconic favorite matches for you oh this is a great question when Darwin got a century against England that would have been I think 2010 2010 Lords yeah yeah test match at Lords uh, yeah yeah uh, he managed to do what Sachin hasn't been able to do which is get a century at Lords and get on the get on the old, yeah, get on the old book. I actually paid for a tour the following summer just to go and have a look at it just to go have a look at Tommy McBall's name etched into a bit of wood. That is crazy. That is, isn't Damien's uncle Akram Khan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What a family. I know, can you imagine? And his older, bro- uh, older brother, Nuffy Zekbal, used to be an opener in the um, mid-noughties. Mid-noughties, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember Nuffy Zekbal. So that one. Uh, probably the big ones, you know, I'd, Bangladesh against uh, Pakistan, obviously, 1999 was a big moment. Bangladesh beat England in the World Cup. Which time? Twice now I've done that. 2011 and 2015. The first time. The first <laughs> 20, time. So 2011 was in Bangladesh, and I think that that effectively, uh, I want to say, it, it put a massive dent into England's World Cup campaign, actually, which I think everyone seemed to enjoy, actually. What I particularly disliked was, well, the, the latest victory that Bangladesh got in the World Cup against England, when people were like, oh my God, it's such a shock, it's such a surprise. And that was irritating me a bit, because I was like, hold on a minute, Bangladesh had been on the ascendancy for a good decade. 
it's not nearly as much of a surprise as you think it is. I agree, and I think you know, a big big part of that is because people don't follow the ins and outs of Bangladesh cricket as much as they do the other international teams. And you know, I, I'll give you an example: when Bangladesh beat South Africa at the World Cup, um, I, was, I was doing stuff for Five Live and ended up in a slightly on air disagreement with Sir Alex Stewart, who, by the way, has a gate named after him at the stadium we were sat in, but by by the audacity to argue with him. And he said, it's an upset. And I said, it's not. It's not an upset. If you follow this team in and out, you can see how they've built towards this victory and why it's not surprising for Bangladesh fans or the Bangladesh team. But to everyone else, the wider media, the wider cricketing world, because they don't know what Bangladesh have done between World Cups or between big tournaments, it's it's a surprise because the reputation they had in 2001 is still firmly lodged in their minds. So you're, you're not wrong. You're not wrong about that at all, actually. Yeah, so that's just something that gets on my nerves have you ever managed to get to see them live yeah i got my favorite match pakistan versus bangladesh in the world cup no way what a lords yeah oh. it was just brilliant what a game yeah and my dad the sweetheart that he is he got some shirts printed which had a pakistan and bangladesh flag overlapping each other and it said one love cricket oh yeah he made those t-shirts i wore those t-shirts with pride and like I was sat in a predominantly Bangladeshi part of the crowd and it was so irritating for everyone because I was cheering everything. <laughs> Wickets, boundaries, everything. You must have not had a voice by the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, I was just I was hoarse. It was it was great, yeah. And uh it was such a great match to be in. And I was watching them in England, so it was just like this romantic, absolutely perfect moment of my life where these two cricketing nations who I absolutely love and adore represent my parents and they're in my home country, which is England at Lords. Just, yeah, that was like my favorite match of all time to have been to and watched. That's so beautiful because I think so often with cricket, when you have say British Asians supporting their, the Asian side, you know, you have all these debates of who should you actually be supporting? Why don't you support England? Yeah. The Tebbit test. Yeah. And, 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 like I've always said, you can't create passion out of obligation. Absolutely. I can't fake the passion I have for Bangladesh. That comes from a very special place of watching it with my dad and my uncles. So similar to you, that passion you have for cricket comes from, you know, watching cricket with your dad or playing cricket with your dad, etc. Yeah. And so to so be so comfortably in, I guess, a cricketing triangle of going, right, I'm Pakistani, I'm Bangladeshi, but I'm also, you know, in England and living in England. Yeah. And I have an appreciation for all three of the cricket teams. It's actually really, really lovely because you, you just have a, a passion for the sport ultimately, and that that's probably supersedes any individual team. But here's the thing: here's what's interesting. If I think, and I pondered this question with my friends before, let's say I was an international cricket, let's say I had a Jofra Archer situation, yeah, right, where who do I play for? Would I? And there's three shirts in front of me: England, Bangladesh, or Pakistan. The truth is, Roche, I think I'd pick the Bangladesh shirt. Would you? I think I'd pick the Bangladesh shirt because, to me, they're still the underdogs. Right. Between those three, well, between those two cricketing behemoths in the face, in the form of England and Pakistan, and the pride I would feel putting on a Bangladesh shirt, then a Pakistan shirt, then an England shirt. I think that's the order in which it goes for me. That's fascinating to hear you hear you say because I guess yeah, you're right. Like for me, I think if I had the option of the England or Bangladesh. I would choose the Bangladesh out, but then I guess I have, I have a stronger passion for the Bangladesh team than I do the England team. Yeah. But I feel like my, my next thought process is to go quite legit and go, well, where am I going to get paid more? Who will give me a mortgage? Yeah. Who's got better <laughs> training facilities? And it's quite easy to slip into quite logistical. I'll be living in the tin hut in Muhammad Rafiq's house. 
that'll be nearby. <laughs> you have a Bangladesh shirt. Yeah. So you'd watched Bangladesh and Pakistan during a World Cup at Lords in the stadium, and that's probably as good as it can get. But what was sort of domestic life like? What was it like in the household when you were watching cricket on TV? So cricket on TV, you know, my dad and I, luckily, we have a beautiful relationship in the sense that my dad and I stay glued to test cricket on TV. We will sit next to each other, spend the whole day watching it and have a lovely time. Mum would make pakore. Uh, she'd kind of enable our cricket watching antics. <laughs> but when Bangladesh played Pakistan or Bangladesh were playing cricket, suddenly my house would turn into... It was as if Bahila Boishak had arrived. <laughs> suddenly my mum would just change the house into this homage to everything that's great about Bangladesh. And there'd be red and there'd be green and there'd be white and there'd be Pantabhat and Ilishmach. And my dad would be like, <laughs> the whole day was just dedicated to Bangladesh. And mum was like, I don't even like cricket. But she obviously felt the passion of Bangladesh playing on TV, her country being represented on TV. And she wanted to make sure that the household reflected that. And my dad, you know, bless him, you know, he'd, He'd eat fish and rice and with his fingers, and he'd he'd eat shudki and you know be cool with it. This is a Pakistani bloke we're talking about, right? Um, <laughs> but he knew he had no other option because <laughs> that's what mum was making. But when Pakistan were playing, mum would mum would always show her love or her appreciation for the cricket match based on the food that she was making. Okay, and that's how you suddenly knew who she wanted to win. So if she ever turned up with fish and chips, it'd be like right, England, right, England going to win precisely. <laughs> But when Pakistan played, the food, again, you know, there'd be parathas, there'd be pakore, there'd be all this kind of stuff going on. So it was very funny how she expressed her, her love for cricket. Yeah, it's amazing, actually. Some of my, like, happiest memories with cricket are actually the stuff that we used to do at home. Because it, was, it used to be a dawah. There was one uncle who had Sky Sports, and it would all converge upon his house. Yeah, we were the house with the Sky Sports, yeah. So everyone would converge upon that one house, but because yeah. no one else could afford the whole £35 a month. That's a lot of money, man. That's a lot of money when you're South Asian growing up in London. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and actually, like, it, it was all about the food, and it was all about the atmosphere. And one of the most sort of brilliant things about it was, and I, I guess similar to your mum, like, my aunt, my mum, didn't know a lot about cricket, but the fact that Bangladesh had a team, and I think partially also they, the fact they could see their kids engaging with a thing that was so so important to their heritage yes. meant they suddenly had a buy-in, and you know they were never going to play cricket. They were never going to sort of learn the kind of intricate rules of moisture in the air and whether you should bowl them yeah, back yeah. first. But there was an interest to learn the basics of the game. Uh, and if I'm brutally honest, a game that had Bangladesh not been playing, they would have had no interest in, and that. Absolutely. And that's not, you know, that's not a mockery of cricket. That's it's just a fundamental thing that Bangladesh was a gateway for them to fall in love with the Absolutely. game. Absolutely, and you know, for us as kids, certainly we're suddenly seeing people who look like ourselves on TV playing international sport. That is, you know, mm. do you do you own one of each shirts? Then do you own a do you own a Bangladesh shirt? Oh my god, this is a bloody good question. We were in Tucker, and I when was this? It must have been early noughties. And I desperately wanted a Bangladeshi shirt. So we went to we went to stadium, went around, you know, for size. You know, I'm a six foot, 21 stone, basically Pakistani bloke. And the Bangladeshi sizes are all off as well. Like a Bangladeshi yeah. extra large fits my like little cousin. Yeah, right. So we'd go there and my mum was getting more and more frustrated, more and more frustrated. <laughs> we got into one shop where she got angry with me in the shop. She slapped me and said, why do you have a Pakistani body? <laughs> and I was like, you're the one who fed me. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> and then she went to the next shop and she realized she shouldn't have been angry with me. 
she said, do you have a Bangladesh top that can fit a Pakistani man? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> sorry, what? <laughs> what you mean? What a question. So, so in the end, my uh, uh, a cousin of mine, uh, she's an architect, by the way, but she was able to make me a shirt. <laughs> so, Amazing. So she made me one. It wasn't, obviously it wasn't the official one, but we just could not find one for my size. That's so hilarious. That's brilliant. So you basically end up having a custom-made Bangladesh shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. So you've got your cricket shirt. You've had a cricket ball in your hand since a young age. Do you play now? What, how, how, how good are you? Well, I've recently started playing for this Comedians 11. So there's 11 comedians uh, who come together. So, and we play. Of course you have. <laughs> have, you, have you managed to organise an industry team? So do you know, do you know Jim Rosenthal, the sports broadcaster? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. he is the chairman of a cricket club called Cookham Dean, which is west of London, past Reading. Mm. Really beautiful, idyllic village. And his son, Tom Rosenthal, is a comedian and an actor. Fun night dinner, yeah. Yeah, and uh, Tom is a huge cricket fan, and he also plays for Cookham Dean. So one day he did a call out, and he said, I'm looking for some cricketers. Or even if you're not a cricketer, just willing to have a fun day out. We're going to play a cricket match against the Cookham Dean second and third eleven, and uh, uh, we'll do a comedy gig at the end of it. Um, and I was like, this is right up my street. Cricket and comedy sounds great. That sounds yeah. brilliant. This was last year, and I hadn't played cricket for... Gosh, last time I held a cricket ball in my hand, I must have been 22, did some nets with some mates. So we're talking a good 15 years. Mm. I'm showing my age now, 14, 15 years. And honestly, it was so, I had to go and buy some whites and, you know, because I wasn't going to get into the whites that I could fit in when I was 22. So, yeah, I, I, I picked up a cricket ball for the first time. Um, I scored 11 runs, we batted first, and I took... Four wickets. I was on a hat trick at one point. Oh my god! What a comeback! Four, 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 four for thirty-seven were, was my final effort after six overs, which is not bad at all. That's really good. But before that, I played at school level, and I got to Essex C's um, under fifteen and under sixteen. But my abiding cricket memory from my youth is I went to the same school as former England captain Nasser Hussain. Oh wow! And there was a uh, staff and parents versus first and second 11 match. And I was in the gully and NASA kind of just lifted it and the ball landed in my hands. And I was like, I've just caught out NASA Hussain. That's what I've done. I've caught out NASA Hussain. You've caught out. That's the only cricketing anecdote you'll ever need. Yeah, exactly. I'll be dining on that forever. Ishan, this has been so much fun. Man, I've really enjoyed chatting to you about cricket. I love it. I could talk about cricket all day long. Oh, do you know what? Same, same. Like it's, 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 it's because we 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 do talk about cricket a lot, and part of the reason I wanted these these podcasts was just to talk about the people and the stories behind cricket because we we all we all have different kind of entry points and different journeys and different relationships with cricket, and I sort of wanted to get behind the kind of the mask of, of, of people's relationship with Bangladesh cricket. And so, thank you so much for sharing yours and your history and your stories. It's like absolutely amazing to get behind those stories, man. Yeah, man, and thank you for having me. Anytime. And if you want to get in touch with the Bangla Cricket Podcast, send us an email, podcast at banglacricket.co.uk, and we'll see you for the next episode very soon.